and welcome to the High Wide and Handsome podcast, episode 24, featuring Mike, aka Vespasian, on the forum and Twitter. Um, a very warm welcome, I suppose, to all of you from the forum that are joining us for the first time. Um, I haven't really used the forum before to promote the podcast, and I did this week, and all of a sudden, the <laughs> the most weekly plays I'd ever had before this week was about 1,500, which was decent. This week it's 2,500, I don't know where, I got like a 1,000 in a day that I posted on the forum, so welcome, I hope you enjoy the podcast, I'll uh, look to engage more on the forum, let me know anyone you want to hear on the podcast, or just give me feedback, I love it, and uh, also leave reviews, all that sort of stuff, I'm not going to melt your head. Um, this, ep- this episode was really interesting, there were a few points in it that really like I'd never heard about before, or I'd never even thought about. Um, particularly towards the end of the podcast i think you'll know what i'm talking about after you hear it but yeah look i hope you enjoy it give us a bit of feedback let us know what you think give it a share on social media whatever platform you're on and give the the podcast a subscription and look have a great week chat to you soon And now we're here with Mike, aka Vespasian. How's things, Mike? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, John. Thank you for having me on. I was uh, really pleased when I saw you reach out uh, and surprised at the same time that you said one or two people had asked for me. So, yeah, privileged to be here. Yeah, your name's definitely been thrown out there a few times before, and it was I think it was Fi Force actually who we briefly talked about there. His his optimistic tweet. Uh, we'll get onto that maybe, but he actually reached out again. I was like, I've heard this guy's name so many times, and it's about time I reached out and I have never really used the form or, or known how to make the most of it, um, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I was really surprised by the the, the engagement when I posted you were coming on. It was There was a lot of posts. Like, I think that's um, the forum is a buzzing place, and I think people, certainly regulars from Twitter that talk about football index all the time, should come and pay a visit because there's good chat. Um, Typically, yeah. a bunch as well. There's not. We haven't had any trolls. I don't know if that's because you actually have to put some money into the index before you can join the forum or not. But. It's probably also moderated by Football Index themselves, is it? Um, it is. We've got Dan, Dan at FI. I don't know if that's Neil Deal or a different Dan over there, but I think we've been moderated once or twice in the last year. So yeah, we're left to our devices, yeah. and I think that's a good, um, good show of our character as well on the forum that it doesn't need modifying, moderating. Yeah. We were we were just laughing. I'll go back to that FI Force thing he posted a few days ago, saying like, "Really looking forward to the weekend's fixtures. The way everything's aligning, it's making up to be a great weekend or whatever." And you posted under it or something saying, "Often those weekends are the most frustrating." Nice. And I called Always you every Downer, weekend. but it's kind of materialized that way. Yeah, uh, looking at my portfolio, I've had a rough weekend. I'm about three hundred down from my peak, which I don't really deal in percent, which uh, will come up later, but. I've got a 40k port, so losing 300 isn't the end of the world, but it's pretty frustrating when, like, FI4, so I had a portfolio built for the weekend, um, certainly in terms of PB winners. And uh, yeah. a few strange results and some low scores from, from guys I expected more of. Um, do you hold Neymar? I do hold Neymar. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that game, yeah. phoned. Um, it's the team that loved us, concede goals. I'm a bit gutted. Yeah, and what are your thoughts about the postponement of the match? Do you think that benefits him in the long run in terms of maybe getting a single day out of it or as a bronze um, day, I suppose? Or do you well, think, I think it's much of a muchness? 
Yeah, if I was trying to sell Neymar to the market at the moment in terms of um, his appeal, I'd say he's a gold date winner. So moving him to a single date, uh, I'm not that interested in. Of course, it makes the likelihood of him winning higher. But I'm in it for the 16p, not 4p. Yeah. And I was a bit yeah, disappointed. That's... I thought it was a good opportunity today. Monaco loved to concede goals. Yeah, I actually only bought him earlier in the week. And I said a couple of podcasts ago, I hate holding Neymar because of how volatile he can be. Um, and the ups and downs and the amount of money you need to put into him to hold anything substantial and then this happens but look it's, it's not the end of the world I don't think his prices drop particularly much over it or anything um, I just think it's just it, it's, scroll it's, through it, now it's a couple of pence a couple of pence down. yeah I mean it wouldn't put me off because I don't really care I don't hold a guy for one game but there's a lot of short termism out there at the minute and I wouldn't be surprised if a few people jumped ship over it yeah, I'd like to think no one bought him for, for IPDs and it's not like an injury, you know, he's going to get that game. Um, so yeah, you know, people, if you're buying Neymar, you've got to hold, really. You can't dip in and out of that kind of player. And yeah. Darking people on announcements and you, you buy predicting a rise. But yeah. yeah. Tell us a bit about yourself, maybe, in your time in the index. Um, You can tell us as much or as little as you want, but like I suppose milestones, any targets you have, if you have an exit strategy, stuff like that. Yeah, um, sure. Like, how long have you been on the index? Yeah, so I guess from my background, I'm a huge football fan. Um, I've been playing football manager since I was in nappies, and I actually provide some content on their forum. Uh, I'm also mad about fancy football. Um, and it was fancy football that uh, gave me permission to put money into the index. When I told my wife about this, uh, I had to sell it based on my fancy football skills. <laughs> 11th overall the year before. And I've made a lot of 11th coming 11th. Yeah. I, I was showing her every week. I'm still in the top, top 10, top 10, top 20. I think I was actually seventh going into the final match. That is incredible. So I built this thing up with her, you know, like football manager. I've got these Russians want me to write some articles for them because my content's been well received and doing well on fancy football. Can I put some money into the football index? And I'm like, yeah, okay. You can. And it was, um, try January. Yeah, that was a big thing for me. I really think that's a good, good offer, and they should do it again this year. I don't know if they've confirmed whether they are or not. But I used to be a traditional gambler. I played quite a lot of poker, bet on the dogs a lot, and then uh, probably like many of us, you end up losing more than you can afford to doing that. So the, the big selling point for the index is that it isn't uh, betting on a match or betting on a player as a one-off. You've got this this bet for three years. Not that anyone holds for three years, but that's the idea. Um, so you're not losing all your money and it gives you that security. When things get rough, you can take it out. Um, so try January is massive for me. And I think uh, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that offer. Um, was that only this year they did that 2019 or was that 2018 and other years they've done it too? Um, I don't know. I joined in 2019, so it was this year that I, I came yeah. to Jan. I'd be amazed if they don't do it again. I think... Um, they must have got so many new customers out of that. Yeah, well, me and me and you anyway. I think I joined at the very start of January. Um, they just they inundated me with ads across all sort of social media platforms, and eventually I cracked and had a look. Yeah. Um, how, how have you found your first year? Um, <laughs> exciting. Is uh, <laughs> I think when I joined, I put the five hundred pounds in uh, on day one. And I'd spent it within about five minutes. Uh, and it was like a shopping spree on Football Manager. I bought the who's who of who to buy. Uh, top guys, Savage, Delict, 
uh, anyone anyone you've ever heard of basically and i really split my money out you know talking two or three shares in a player um and i think it was on day two after i won a, a 3p dividend uh, and a couple of my players had gone up 2p that i decided that i'd chosen the wrong strategy by diversifying so much um and i i sold the lot because i was still in my trijan offer and Luckily, I was able to get five friends to join. So I used the tokens to get my £10 offers, which covered my losses. And then I think I put the £500 all into would have been Pogba and Neymar at the time. And by the end of the month, I was up almost double my money. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you know, to do that within a month. When I, when I joined, you talked about uh, exit strategies or milestones. I thought I'd heard a bit about the share split. Because um, when I when I joined, I went straight on the forum and see what it's all about, see if there are any tips. And that was one of the big talking points was, is there going to be a share split? When's it going to be? And uh, I know a bit about markets. So that, that to me was an exciting prospect. Um, so I thought, you know, I put the Trijan money in. If it goes belly up, I've lost nothing. I'll get a refund. But if, if, uh, if it goes well, I aim to make sort of double my money in a year and then take out my original and play with some profit for the next year and try and double it again. So to double my money in the first month, it was like, wow, what is this product? How is anyone making? Yeah, surely someone's losing big. Yeah, that's what everyone's major fear is when you tell them to join, I find. Yeah, uh, what I didn't want to do was put too much more in. So I had to stick with my strategy of stacking high um, and, and flipping and constantly trading. Um, uh, quite an addicted person i've got one of these personalities when i get into something I, I obsess about it and i think by its own nature football index really encourages that you've got an app where you can watch price changes on your bets 24 uh, 7 with daily dividends and the ticker there to see your players being bought and sold it just has that draws you in yeah it's, it proper grips you doesn't it it really does yeah it becomes a huge part of your life um and so, yeah, I was, do, I was doing day trading or a couple of days here and there, put £500 on a player because he's winning MB at 12 o'clock in the, the afternoon um, and, and really did turn that money around quickly. Um, I couldn't put more in. Uh, I had quite a big bank balance at the time. We just moved house and I had some leftover money. But my wife is constantly on about, <laughs> can we extend or have we moved to the right house? We might need to move house again. We've got a two-year-old who takes all our money. Um, so I had to stick to flipping, but what I did do was keep, uh, depositing. So I'd put a grand in or so on a day, um, and take it out the next day after winning MB and a bit of cap out. And that was fun for a period, but it becomes very risky when you're, you're having to hide your phone from the missus in case she sees how much you've put in on a day or, or if she's asking you, can we buy this at the weekend is to make sure I had enough money in my account. Uh, yeah. But it got to a point where I just thought, that, no, this, I'm missing too much of an opportunity here. This, the product's flying, my port's flying. I think after about three months on dipping in and out, so it's not just on my original deposit, but putting a grand in and taking it out, kind of kind of jobby. I was up seven grand after about three months. And Jesus. I was like, yeah, this is, this is too good to be true. I've got to put more money in. So I ended up picking up the courage to say to my wife, uh, can I put there's a deposit bonus coming. Can I put another five grand in? And she agreed. And at the time I already had the five grand in, so that was a relief. Uh, and then there was another deposit bonus uh, a few months later. I said, this time it's 10% and it's on 20 grand. 
can I put more money in? And she said, yes, because again, I'd, I'd shown her how much we were winning. And uh, I think she got the confidence in me and confidence in the product. So at that point, I had more like 25 grand of my own capital in, and my port was hitting 40 grand or so. And this was in August, so or maybe just before August, actually, June, July time. So that, yeah. um, for me, there's a lot of money going in. It was nothing like what I thought I'd put in when I started using the product. So uh, my goalpost has really changed over the year. You know, I was blown that fi- original 500 pounds out of the water. Um, I've taken out about 70 grand <laughs> through my strategy. I've still got a port now kicking. It was 40 grand before this weekend, but we just dipped under there. Um, lost a few hundred. So you've got 40 grand in it and you've took 70 out. So essentially that's like 110 from and deposits of what? But the net deposits, uh, so this isn't total deposits now because my withdrawals is up around yeah. UK. So yeah, I've more than doubled my money um, and playing on pure. Jeez, that's unreal. Yeah. Fair play to you. It takes a lot of stones as well. Like, I find, I think a lot of people have more money and then they care to tell their significant other. Transparency is obviously essential, but I think it's hard to, for people who don't really, who haven't put in the time, 90% of the people who listen to this podcast have to football index. It's hard to justify to them how, how safe it is. Or like, you know, it, when people hear gambling, they just kind of go, holy shit, this guy's crazy. Like you can't go sticking 20 grand in gambling, but, if you can swing it more as a, a trading platform and as an investment thing, maybe people warm to the idea. But again, I just think it's one of those things. It's so hard to, to convince someone of its legitimacy at the start, do you know? Um, yeah, so fair play I to think you. That's, <laughs> Convincing. Yeah, it's possibly one of the barriers to market is, um, I don't know, many of us have probably sat with a friend in a pub who we know has got substantial money and we're trying to get them on the market and convince them. Some of the bits that are hard and what makes it, sort of a blocking point is trying to talk to them about put 10k on Neymar oh, what happens if he breaks his leg haven't you lost that money like no you can you've got options you can hold you can top up or you can instant sell an instant sell for me is um, a lifesaver not because I overuse it but because it's there so it gives me the confidence to put as much money in as I like because I know the risk isn't actually the full stake it's about three percent of the stake if things go bad at most, well, I mean, the spreads are getting worse now, but when I first joined, the worst spreads were sort of 7%, maybe, and you pay a team. I think that's probably about average now. Every time I seem to sell a player, you're losing somewhere between 5 and 10%, it seems, if I've ever instant sold recently. The spreads are becoming um, a point of concern for me, just in how much more dynamic they've become since the split. Uh, pre-split, it was kind of, I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying too much attention to it, but it felt... Um, consistent across the board everyone was between three and five percent even if there was a huge drop off or volatility it would take a while for the spread to to widen whereas now it's almost as if i don't know how i'm assuming it's a system but it's almost predicting um a drop off so it's, it's widening the spread before it happens um obviously i think that's built based on number of shares bought and how quickly they're bought um, and any kind of volatility just leads to a huge spread at the moment which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does for someone like me who puts in a lot of money um, and considers the risk, the spread, uh, it can be more off-putting. Yeah, it's a weird one, the spreads, because 
I think although it protects people's money, let's say you're away out and you're having a great time and you're not looking at football index and one of your biggest holes breaks his leg and it stops everyone just instant selling and just crumbling the player um, and dropping them a massive percentage. The other side of it is like it's great and the fact that they move like they move the spreads dynamically based on real life events which is amazing and i get that and it it's essentially affecting the value of your bet with fi if the player's broken his leg so i understand why they would offer you a lesser cash out because that's essentially what instant selling is you're cashing out the bet yeah so i get why they do it but it is tough on people you see a lot of people ranting whenever a player has just something bad's happened and they want to get out but they can't because the spread's expanded but it's kind of it goes both ways, Do you know. There's times it'll save you, and there's times it'll piss you off. Yeah, when we get an extreme situation like a big injury, I kind of I'm on I'm on the other side of the fence. Actually, a wider spread is protecting the market, it's protecting the people who own that share, and I, I kind of I'm glad that that mechanism's there. But there's some uh, anomalies in there as well. So before the split, if I one of the guys I bought heavily was. Um, <laughs> Anwar El Ghazi and I made quite a noise about him on the forum and it became a bit of a running joke because he was the only player I pumped without ever creating a thread about him I kind of threw him into every other th- thread going um, <laughs> God the playoff winner I, I didn't say a word uh, someone else created a thread for me but he he was somebody who I bought uh, he was 22p something like that, 24p maybe and he got all the way up to 73, 74 when he scored the goal and that whole rise all the way through, even if it was 10p in a day, the spread never changed. Because the money was going up, uh, it was always 2p. So for me, that's great. You know, I can I don't have to time my exit because I bought thousands of shares and I just wait for him to bottom, uh, hit the ceiling and start to crumble. And then I can instant sell and, and my, I, you know, I'm only losing 2p off his ceiling price. Whereas yeah. you can buy a player, you can buy thousands of player, shares in a player and the uh, the spread will widen as you're doing it, just because the volatility. I guess the the time frame of you buying the shares is considered a risk now by whatever the new model is, and I find that frustrating because I, I don't see a reason for it. Uh, maybe it was put in to prevent pump and dump. Maybe other than that, I can't see any logic to a widening spread on a player you've just bought. Yeah, I've never experienced that or put any sort of. I've never thought about it or. Um... I can't say I've spent too much time thinking about spreads, but it's a very delicate thing that FI needed to handle um, appropriately. Like even I just know there's a lot of things happening with spreads. And when I had uh, one of the guys from Edge on, it was Joel, I think, on the podcast, he was saying about how their spreads have increased dramatically since January, like the average spread price. Um, and that's not great for, for people who trade like yourself who want to hit that peak and just accept that they're going to take the cut and... Uh, instant sell do you know what i mean take the hit yeah yeah it's really it is moving the goalposts a bit but i wonder what their like long-term vision for spreads is and how much well, I suppose spreads will be gone with order books won't they yeah i profess i don't know a great deal about order books there's a really useful um couple of members on the forum who've explained it to me um and now i kind of get it that order books are going to fill that gap between so the, the buy price and the instant sell price that you know, if the spread's 20p, someone will be taking him off my hands 10p less than by price, maybe. So I think, yeah, you're right. Order books should replace instant sell, especially when people are used to using them. 
uh, kind of hoping that yeah. it still will still be a mechanism when order books go live and that not too much changes. And then as it gets My head's, more understood yeah. that they'll get rid of instant stuff. My head is literally exploding trying to think of all this because I wouldn't say I'm an expert trader by any means, but I have experience trading crypto with like order books. And I'm trying to think like how the, f- I'm not going to say the F, how will that work? Like you're going to have people bidding, you're going to have people sticking in sell orders. So you're going to have the bid and the sell, but then how, how would an instant sell come into that? My head is blown. If anyone's listening and understands this well, can you please <laughs> message me directly and explain this so yeah. I can talk about it more like smartly or from a more educated background on the next podcast? Because that's actually blown my mind. I'm like, how on earth do you go around all that? Yeah. Because I sort of assume like, I thought the, sorry, the instant sale, like now what you'll have is instead of an instant sale, you'll have someone there saying, here, mate, I'll buy your player who's worth 45. I'll give you 33 and you'll go, nah. And then someone will come in and be like, I'll sell you him for 44 though. And then this guy will go, here, I'll give you 37. And then someone will finally bite either way. Um, but I don't know how instant sale could even possibly come into that equation. That's actually just blown my mind. Yeah. If I knew more about trading, I'd probably understand, but I don't. Yeah. Again, I don't want to talk in depth about it because I'll just sound silly because I don't know enough about it. But I would imagine there's not always going to be a buyer. You know, I've got, I've had some clowns in my portfolio before, which no one's ever going to buy. I think I joked with one of the guys on um, Twitter that, you know, if customer services let me, I can gift you these shares. I just want them out of my portfolio. I don't want any <laughs> customer services never yeah. got back to me. But yeah, there must be some people that they'll never not be a buy buyer at that particular time you want rid. So an instant sell function must still be there. Um, yeah, because if the instant sell wasn't there, then yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I just talked over you. There's a bit of a delay. The I was going to say, if the instant sell function wasn't there, what you'll have is you holding a player and having to literally diminish his price right down to like a laughable amount. Like it, it could potentially cause a more volatile market massively. You could have players that you bought for sixty p and something happens that like he's he's linked to China and he's going to China and no one wants to buy him. So you literally have to say, please take him off my hands for fifteen p, and someone might bite. Whereas with the instant sell, they've almost got an out. I don't know. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they're racking their brains over that in FIHQ, and they think of it. But um, you're right. Yeah. Neither of us seem to really know too much about it, so we're probably making right. agents of ourselves if we talk about it more. <laughs> yeah, I'd love someone on the, to create create a thread thread that could be sticky and and really explain the ins and out, how it's going to look, how it's going to behave. I had a, a chat with one of the guys. Sort of my concern, and you've touched on it there, is how is how the price is going to rocket. Because at the moment, you can only buy at full price. But when we bring in order books and you've got people looking to sell, there'll always be somebody willing to take the carrot that's dangled. So if people are putting buy orders in just below the sell price, someone's always going to be looking to sell, aren't they? Um, mm. I can't envisage how the price is ever going to rocket like it does now with FOMO. Your goal goes in and yeah. buying at full price and pushing it up and up and up. Mm, i have no idea it'll be exciting and i think it's going to be really good for the index when it kicks in i just need to know more about it yeah we all have a lot to learn and i think it's really important that uh the index i suppose assist that process as much as possible for for the users otherwise people could grow frustrated and and just give up very quickly if they don't understand the whole if there isn't a very user-friendly engaging easy tutorial video type thing 
people would just be like, nah, fuck this. The, the goalpost to move this is not what I signed up to initially. And I just said the F word. I'm going to move <laughs> my, my coin further away because someone gave out to me. Was that a nice volume? Uh, it's still a bit earthquakey, but yeah. Oh, was it? Sorry. Right. That was yeah, actually money. miles away. <laughs> I'll have to like drop them in with my toes at the other end of the bed. <laughs> I'm recording in my bedroom because my knee's, so, my, my knee's still fucked. Oh, jeez, I did it again. Sorry. I wreck my knee, as a lot of listeners will know. So I'm like lying in bed, icing it while recording a podcast. And see, is this better? Yeah, sounds good. I like the sound of money. I think good. one of the guys on the forum said it, <laughs> an earthquake in his ear. And... Yeah. Yeah, I've actually been told that a couple of times and I've never, never took it. But that one, like, it hit home. I was like, do you know what? You're right. Um, I never listen back to the podcast. I edit them and stuff. But, do you know, there's only so much you hear the first time around. It all depends on what people are listening to it through. Anyway, yeah. I digress. We'll try and get on here. Um, have you got an exit strategy in mind? Like, have you a way that you plan to leave? Um, bit of a funny one, because for someone who's had I don't know, my port get up to 60 or 70k of money in at one time, I've always got one foot out the door. Um, I'm always thinking, you know, I could need this money. As I say, I've got a wife who's constantly nagging on about, oh, can we this house looks good on right move this house and yeah so i always have to be prepared to leave uh, in terms of strategy i don't try and look like too far ahead because i think the goalposts change all the time the market's growing the product's getting better um like my first my first exit strategy was just blown out of the water in weeks so what's the point just enjoy it <laughs> yeah worry about it when it comes yeah. i mean for the first time, I've actually gone to a, a more diverse port and I'm playing the dividend game. The PB increase led me to, well, actually it was the MB decrease that led me to change. And then subsequently the PB increased it again very quickly, led me to change my portfolio. So I think I've said on Twitter a few times now, I've got uh, I 50 players and now at 42 players. Um, and I'd say at least 35 of them are going to be in with a chance of winning PB anytime they play. Um, and there was my main strategy at the time was to buy players that qualify for the latter stages of both the international Euros and club competition. So I guess uh, I've got more of a, a long-term hat on at the moment, even though it's only six months. Um, and I'd be hoping, I don't know, let's pick some like Kane I bought six weeks ago for 4.98, and he's up about a pound. I'd be hoping by the turn of the Euros he'd be another pound up maybe which isn't great percent wise but at least it's safe money yeah and there could be pb and mb in there too with kane well that's it i'm thinking all of my players can win some dividends between now and euros otherwise i've really failed (laughs) miserably yeah kane's a funny one like i've sang his praises on the podcast a couple of times and I, i wasn't holding him when i was i think he got brought up in conversation one time and i looked up his stats and it was only then i seen his the PB scores and how often he was winning media. I was like, why is this guy not talked about more? Do you know, he was, he was sitting at just over a fiver at the time. And I was like, he was like five thirty, I think. And I'd held him back in June. Uh, I bought him in like May or April leading up to the Champions League final or something. And, um, back when I was learning, I suppose you could say, cause it was a shit trade I made. But I remember thinking when I seen him, he's only up like 30 P in the last five months. I was like, hi, high with these scores and with this mb and anyway i was kind of saying that and i actually subsequently bought him uh, very shortly afterwards and i think a few of the listeners kind of did too and then the whole Mourinho thing happened and he shot up a quid and a few people wrote to me saying like yeah. 
thanks for telling me about Kane. I was like, look, I didn't tell you about Kane. I just <laughs> stumbled across it, luckily, on a podcast. But, like, um, I, I could really see him. Do you know, if Spurs turn around, obviously Deli Alley's the man at the minute. But, like, there will be weeks there where Kane grabs two and gets the game on a goal or grabs three. And he's going to challenge. And then they've got the Euros. And then with Mourinho being there, will you get transfer links? Who knows? There could be transfer links. Do you know, Poch is gone. Let's say Poch comes in for Ole or something weird. Do you know, there's anything can happen is the bottom line here. And I don't know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a quid dearer than he is now. Yeah, I'm just looking at my port now at these guys like Kane. Uh, and I just feel like such a hypocrite because the first six months on the forum, that was my go-to answer when anyone asked, why do I have Messi and Neymar and, and Pogba? I say, look at the Divs wins. I mean, they earn in a week what Harry Kane earns in a year. But looking at Kane, he's won me £100. Um, I've only got 300 shares of him. Uh, just coming up to 10% already in div return. I've only owned him a couple of months. So I think it's not uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, he just flies under the radar. You say, like, I think if everyone, without checking the stats, said, you know, is Kane worth it? You'd probably think, nah, not really. And then you go and have a look, and his PB and MB is pretty good. So. Yeah. Um, no, I think I got him at, I got 140 of them at 546. Um, average buy price, but I bought a load of them at five seventy, so I got my first ones probably around the five or five twenty mark or something. But I mean, he's already given me that was only in the last month. I'd say that was maybe a month ago. I've already made twenty eight quid in dividends, yeah, and seventy three quid in cap up. Like, yeah, I like Harry Kane. Yeah, you know, sat here, he's making me money. Can't complain. I'm looking at my port there. I'll, t- I'll let you in on a little one of my, my biggest trades I've ever made, I think. It's actually the most I've ever bought in a player. I said to myself, I'm going to stick two grand of my, my portfolio, which is like 25% of it. I'm going to just stick it into like safe injury holes um, for a bit of a safe return um, over kind of Christmas. Because I've never actually been through. I only joined in January, like yourself. I've never been through a kind of winter winter break. Yeah. I said, I'll play it safe with a couple. I bought 765 Barellas. At one thirty two, he's up at one thirty nine now, um, which is nice. Do you know? I'm just hoping he keeps rising until he comes back. But injury trading is that something you've ever dabbled in? Yeah, big time. Um, let's before I moved my port to PB, I generally had about fifty k split over ten players, and always one or two of those players would be uh, injured guys. Pretty much the day after they got injured, when you know it starts yeah, there's... again, because. The things I say on the forum is I never try to be the first in or the last out. I'm just happy to be somewhere at either end close to the to start and finish of a price. So I wait until an injured player's price starts to bounce back. I don't try and predict the very penny. Um, but when I see the signs in the market that people are buying back, um, yeah, I go big because you can almost guarantee they'll get back to their original price before they've even kicked the ball again. And that's as safe as money gets, if you ask me. And Barrett, yeah, uh, I think before the injury, I was actually tempted to sell him. He's another one I put in my port because he's playing for Italy and Inter, and both should go through to the next round of the international club competitions. Or Inter, I suppose, around the brink. Um, so yeah, he's in there, and <laughs> probably not. I don't know how much further is he going to go before he kicks the ball. Well, like I think he peaked. We're we're kind of dabbling here on very specific players for a long time, but they. What was his peak there? Basically he peaked at like one fifty or something. Yeah, one sixty, I think. One sixty, yeah, one sixty. There, like he peaked at one sixty, and then in the last month, I mean, he was sitting at one fifty, and then he dropped 
like from 150-ish to like 130 with the injury. Got him at 132. So like I, I'm, I'm hoping to get him back to 150 and then maybe each, you know, with the growth of the market, January, onboarding new users, player coming back, bit of hype about it around Twitter. Maybe, oh, bro, it's back today. You know, you never know. He can hit 160 again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's my biggest trade I've actually ever made. I'd be pretty small time port size way. It's like you're probably talking around five k normally, but um, I put in a bit more for this. I've got another. I'm up at about eight or nine now, but like that's the most I've ever bought. And but it's it's strange how at ease I feel. If that money was in Neymar, I'd be checking my phone every ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, maybe back in, to the safety net we spoke about. The IS is there. I mean, would you put twenty five percent of your portfolio in if there was no get out jail free card? Exactly. Be one Borelli because it's safe money, but <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's the the risk. Like with the injury players, I love it because the big risk with any hold you have is an injury or potentially, I suppose, a move to China or something. But um, the jeez, oh, imagine he moved to China in January. That'd be a plot twist, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, doesn't seem to do Bale's price any harm. People were saying, "Oh, he'll go to China and then he'll come back anyway," and this price rocketed up anyway. Yeah. 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 I can't see Barella in China. No, not at all. Not at all. But there has to be like a not point, not 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 one percent chance. Jesus, if that happens, I'll cry. Like <laughs> anyway, we move on. What did you make of the twelve and rockets and the market announcement? Do you think it lived up to to the billing? For me, yes. I mean, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, outcome. But obviously, when what they did is release snippets, uh, what a week in advance was it? Something like that. And I think that builds so much anticipation, especially with the 12 Rockets. People are thinking team of the week, team of the month, something like that. Um, so they kind of set themselves up for a fall in that it could be an anti-climax. Uh, I hope everybody's happy. Uh, I think it's a brilliant marketing and it should grow the whole platform um, and more than any other reward could have done to grow the market. I mean, when we see those, the banners going around the pitch with share prices and football index splashed on BBC, ITV, Sky Sports. I think it's going to be brilliant for the index. So, yeah, in terms of outcome, I think it merits 12 Rockets uh, and the excitement and the buzz, even from a selfish point of view. And I think there'll be people out there calling it anti-climax or whatever it is. None of us have seen the immediate boom that you usually get after an announcement. But that's the only, mm. that's the only thing you do. You build yourself up. You think, oh, yes, coming into Christmas, I'm going to make you know, another... Two percent overnight on my port or something. Um, but hopefully, anyone with those feelings went to bed, woke up, and rethought about it, and are happy. Is the market only yeah. one place from now? I mean, I think we'll get into it with the questions, but I kind of get the the only sense of frustration I've seen from anyone seems to be the use of like the Adam Cole and Twelve Rockets and all this stuff. I've heard rumblings of things like. It's literally their job, and it's it benefits them to to market as much as it does us. Like you're just doing your job, type of thing. I mean, this isn't a big, a massive, amazing announcement. You're literally just doing what's expected of a company. Like you, these are just I'm I'm just saying things I've heard. There's that kind of thing. There's the the presidents of the eight rockets been a fifty percent dividend rise. The twelve rockets. What does twelve rockets mean? It has to be bigger. And people always. And then there's people complaining about by building it up and doing the yeah. announcement and this and that people are selling up and make like to keep money out in case there's a deposit bonus or in case there's some sort of new trend they can jump on and 
I get it. I mean, they're just trying to hype it up and get a bit of excitement going. So fair play to them for that. But I can see the other side of it, which is kind of like the negative effect it has on portfolios when it's announced. And whenever this is definitely something that could have just been announced without the buildup, in my opinion. But the bottom line for me is I do think the the I do think uh, like what they're doing is great. I do think the outcome is brilliant. I think it's way better than any sort of dividend increase or short term kind of giveaway or something would have been. I think this is a brilliant outcome and I think it's really exciting for the product going forward. But I think they need to look maybe I think we'll get into it as well, but I think they kinda of need to look at how they announce things and the build up and but then I'm proper gonna off on one here, but I'm thinking like, but do they though? Do I even agree with what I'm saying? Because all they're doing is building excitement. They can't control how traders react. And if traders want to pull their money out, let them do it. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't envy guys like Mike and Adam when they have to make a Twitter announcement because you get thousands of people are going to read that. And even if 80% are positive, that's still thousands that disagree with it, or hundreds at least. Mm. You're going to have vocal disagreement. Uh, listen to what you say. I hadn't really thought about that side of it, that it is just their job. I mean, they've got a marketing campaign and they're going to do it um so maybe selling it as us as a great rockets thing but they never promised us a, an individual boost or anything like that they were just saying like look at what we've signed off for december and january it's exciting stuff um, yeah they need to be careful don't they and i guess you've got a question coming because you've alluded to it but these announcements it's there's a couple of things that frustrate me that it happens on twitter then yeah forum is part of their product and they never post it in there at all let alone first you know they don't subsequently come and just post a locked message or anything to say the same thing that's gone into the twit partly why i joined twitter it just felt like a necessity as part of the product because they're much more visible on there um and you can react to news quicker if you read it firsthand on twitter because otherwise you've got to wait till somebody who is on twitter comes and lets us know there's some frustrating things and then there's a time you know they announce an announcement it's kind of a bit of a ball ache for all of us people withdraw their money shouldn't make any difference i did say to somebody the other day you know you're moaning that people are holding their cash back for an announcement or we've had it so the cash is getting back in um so if your port was down for a few days what what difference does it make we should boom afterwards i think the more i think about it I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and throw out points there. So don't nothing I've really said there. I, I don't feel strongly about any of it. But the more I think about it, I don't think they can do anything other than get excited and try and build up an announcement because all it does is creates hype and creates excitement and makes more people more likely to join and stuff. And if a byproduct of that is that the market market goes a bit more stagnant for a few days because people are pulling money out and selling players or not putting cash in because they want to wait and see if there's a deposit bonus. Like, so be it. Like, what, what are you going to do? Do you know? Yeah. There's a payoff, do you know, either side. Like, there's a balancing act there, and I think there's very little they can do other than just kind of hype it up a bit and then go with it. And I do think the outcome's amazing, and I'm really, really excited for the next year. Um, I think you're right about them creating a buzz. I mean, I don't know much about Twitter. I did purely sign up in September. I'd hit my 50K goal post of some sort, and... um basically just joined up i wanted to hear a few more opinions about some things that were going on in the market at the time but i've never never used twitter before didn't really know what it did obviously i'd heard of it but so i guess there's a lot of football index people in there that have followers from different um products or different uh, shared interests so maybe i was talking about it if they're following these guys they're, they're seeing it and it can perhaps attract new attention i guess 
and that's what we've yeah. got here. So yeah, I'm all for the hype. The bottom line for me, I think, is yeah, I think it was a, a great announcement. I think the outcome's amazing, but I do there are gonna be negative Nancy's and whatever they do, there's gonna be people who are Debbie Downers and just <laughs> There's going to be people who like. I mean, if you've got what for, even on Twitter, say they've forty thousand or something followers. If if one percent of them is really not happy, you've still got four or five hundred people giving you giving you shit on Twitter. So there's always going to be grumpy people. And the bottom line is, they need to just wise up and see how positive this is for the product going forward. And yes, you're you're you might not have seen all greens for a week, but like get over it. If you're here for the long run, you're going to make a lot of money off this announcement. So. Yeah, I'm all about it. We move on to some questions, I think. We're probably about halfway through. So there's one miscellaneous question. Advinculus Index on the forum. Most of the questions are from the forum. There's a couple from Twitter. Uh, it says, out of the following, which in your opinion is the best hold for the next 12 months? The three-quarter face lock, <laughs> a bear hug, a spin and tie hold, Jack Grealish, or an octopus hold? It's got to be a spinning tie hold, but let's just have a look at Jack Grealish's uh, PB today, having scored a goal. You know, a lot of people. I've seen a few comparisons today to Jack Grealish, and or no, I've seen someone post saying, I'm "Sorry, I can't credit your name. You probably are listening." Jack Grealish and Madison. Oh yeah, I read that tweet just before we came on air. I think he scored one two five, and he scored a goal today. Uh, that's not good enough for me. What did he score? One two something. One two five. Yeah. I don't know. Jack Grealish is a funny one. I could see him getting a move away from Aston Villa, though, at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know. He bleeds the college, doesn't he? Mm. He does, but I think with his hair and like <laughs> his general image and his socks and stuff, I think he's the type of guy who aspires to a bigger thing in his image. His brand, do you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, the clubs that would sign him, he's not an Arsenal player. Spurs would have been ideal until they got Mourinho in. I can't see Mourinho being interested. So it's Man United, I guess. Would Man United have him? They'll, they're going to change the manager, uh, aren't they? They've got to, so they'll probably bring in some... Who's out there for United? Christ. Yeah. I know. Everyone's going to be linked to United anyway, but um, look, bottom line is I haven't really looked into Jack Relish and having a notion, so I'm not going to pass judgment on him, but I think for me that the best hold has to be the three-quarter face lock. Just because it sounds Ooh. the most vicious of them, <laughs> but um, yeah. we go on to like the more serious stuff questions, and we'll see what you have to say. There's a lot here, lads. Like literally on the forum, there were like 50 comments or something underneath the the post, and even on Twitter there were a few as well. And uh, I put it up on other things, so I've had to really like cut out loads of questions for the first time in a long time. Um, Westy has asked. Firstly, uh, Vespasian looks. Looks like we joined at a similar time. Early on, you made it clear to everyone you were mostly a short-term trader and doing well on it. We had a few disputes or debates about my way, data research, buy and hold versus your way. Recently, when we spoke last, it seemed both our ways were ending up giving similar returns overall. It sounds like you've now come over to the lazy side. Welcome, have a beer, stop paying so much commission and give your thumb a rest. But what made you swap strategy? What strategy is more fun? And which has made you the most money? Did you follow all that? I did, yeah. Uh, I speak to Westy quite a bit, actually. Uh, I didn't think I'd like him because when I joined the forum, my username was going to be Westy. That's what I post under on uh, Football Manager. Um, <laughs> football Manager is actually Arsene Wenger. I'm an Arsenal fan. And, and Westy 
Westy stole on that as well. Um, and in fact, the first time he created a topic, I thought my account had been hacked because I was sure it was me. It was my my name and my profile picture. But no, so so actually we got talking, and um, he can he's a polar opposite to me. Um, he puts in a hell of a lot of research, and he's one of the best at it from what I've seen on the forum, and he posts some really good threads. I think he's also recently joined um, Twitter. I've seen him on there a couple of times. Um, but yeah, this is a guy who will pour through fixtures, data sets, who's cheap, what, yeah, he's created threads for 20p, 40p, 80p brackets. And, and within those price ranges, he's delved right through it and found players of value. Um, so I respect that approach. He posted a while ago that he's never sold a player in, uh, call it in the red at the time. They've only recently changed the colors. So he's never sold a player in the red. But he's held a few. Um, and I think, oh, yeah, for me, if uh, I don't necessarily sell anyone that goes in the red because they might still be a good player. We spoke earlier about they've been injured or just hit a rough patch of form. doesn't devalue the player, but I never hold stubbornly topping up or just holding, hoping for green when the market's booming. And why hold someone who's going down when the rest of the market's going up? Uh, so we have had some debates, <laughs> but always friendly. Um why have I changed strategy? Uh, we spoke about it earlier on the pod. Uh, I was really gutted when uh, media bonus opened up to the rest of the market. I think someone who puts a lot of money in, I know there's people out there with probably 10 times what I've put in, but felt like a lot of money. Um, I kind of like the certainty of some dividend returners. And when you can only have the elite players really going for it, you had maybe, uh, I was open to the top 200, but of them, maybe 50 are Premier League players, and you've got the exceptions like Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo that get talked about quite a lot. So you could really fine-tune, put your money in almost guaranteed winners um, and frequent winners as well to help you cash flow. So a huge part of my strategy for the first few months uh, was chasing MB. Uh, when Media Madness opened up, I had 1,500 Neymar and 1,500 Pogba, uh, and every day I opened my account, it was another 100 quid or so in there. Immediate madness dividends. Um, so when they opened MB, I don't think Pogba, well, Pogba won it last week, did he? So he's won once since it opened. Neymar's barely been in it at all. I kind of felt like they changed some of the mechanics around MB as well. There seems like less articles being picked up. There were some days where Neymar would have 20 plus just from the Express, and now he gets one a week from them. So something's changed. Uh, so yeah, I was a bit annoyed. So I've changed. Very briefly, I went to young players that were playing in PB League, so the likes of Deroyson and Luke Bacchio. Um, and then a week later, I changed again because they increased the dividends. And I thought, this is my chance. I'm going to buy now, buy bulk, and then take take time off. Um, so I prepared my portfolio for the Euros. Uh, what I would say is I'm going into that, and I've said vocally on the forum, not expecting to make as much money, and I'm not optimizing my cash there. I'm going for a long-term strategy, and... Basically, you don't need to put as much time or thought into it, but I won't make as much money. Or I don't think I'll make as much money. Um, yeah. So that's why I changed strategy. Is it more fun? Absolutely not. <laughs> because as FI Force tweeted out, you know, buzzing for the weekend, I've got all the right players in the right fixtures uh, and they're just not performing. And people are so quick to react now. Anyone puts in a PB less than 200 or in fact, Kimmich even went down the other day when he, his team lost 2-1, he didn't score or get an assist, and he got 215 points and lost value. Uh, how is that for Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how he does it. 
I don't know how they hold these big diverse portfolios for so long. Uh, when beforehand, if you earn, I typically like to hold my um, players by number of shares. I know I listened to the GMK port and he's gone the other way. He's put, he deals in cash, uh, 500 in this guy, 500 in that. I do it by shares and I had a thousand minimum before I switched strategy and every penny being a tenor is just so much more exciting than every penny increase on the player being 3p or whatever it is at the moment three quid yeah I, I, I see what you mean like I, I've I started out with as I've said before like everyone tells you to diversify it's amazing it's safe it's great and it is and I think it's more important when you're a beginner I think whenever you just start diversification is maybe more important until you have confidence enough in yourself that you can make a good trade and you can pick someone out that's going to be worth you sticking five ten percent of your portfolio in or more you know but now i mean i don't deal in any more than 15 or 20 players and if i do it feels like i'm not getting paid enough whenever someone does something i want them to do but there's definitely a real thriller like this kind of barella having 765 of him is the most i've ever had in a player and every penny he's gone up, it's yeah. only like what seven sixty five. But I mean, from the raise seven p, and for me to have over fifty quid there, it's kind of like it's a nicer buzz than the hundred. I don't know, Kevin De Bruyne as I have. Like if he goes up a penny or two, it's just a couple of quid, really. Yeah, yeah. I find it hard to <laughs> to get that same thrill, really, going from one strategy to the other. I mean, the last one I made big on, I had uh, two and a half thousand or three thousand Ibrahimovic. I bought him at. Started buying at 30p, so I held him at an average of 32p. Um, and another vocal member of the forum did the same. He had a 2,000 at 34p or something, just very similar numbers to me. And we both posted quite vocally that this is a sure thing. Uh, and I think people didn't, didn't quite get it. They're saying, but he's not going to go to Man United. And it's what people needed to understand and what we tried to not force down their throat, but just illustrate in this deal is that it's not about him going to Man United. It's September and the guy's out of contract and we've got three months of him being linked to Man United. That's why it's a good deal. And uh, that's probably what some new users need to think about as well is that football index doesn't work on reality. It works on expectation and just speculation. So when Ibrahimovic got to 50p and people were like, oh, yeah, we're, go we're going in. And then he went to 49p and they're like, oh, you sold me another rotter here <laughs> and... Uh, I bought another FOMO and you think, God's sake, man, it's been a day. Yeah. There'll be another article tomorrow. And I think, yeah, this guy sold him and thought we'd scammed him or something. And then the next week he was at 70p and then the next week is at 90p. And you think, come on, just think about it and listen. And I guess you, everyone needs to experience that. And that's why we posted it so vocally was to really illustrate how the art of the deal is happens. And we had different exit strategies. I spoke earlier, I'm not greedy. I don't try and uh, get out at the top. So I started selling my thousands at 55p and 100 batches at 55, 58, 60, 65. And then the last thousands at sort of 70 and 75p until I was out. Um, whereas uh, the other guy is Eric. I think he held, I don't know if he still holds or not. I doubt it. He's too smart for that, but he probably sold them all a bit higher than me. Yeah. Much more thrilling than, as you say, I mean, I've got my, 300 harry kane and he's gone up a pound and it still feels like tuppence compared to what i was doing before um yeah so westy's got the smart strategy and if i'd started out that way it would be great but because i've had that the thrill of a ten thousand shares in a player going up 20p on a day it's hard to replicate that yeah i suppose 
this one you can just have, do what he says, have a beer and chill out. But I get what you mean. It's maybe not just the same thriller, the the excitement. But look, it's it's a safer way to play. Maybe maybe not not safer. Safer is the wrong word. It's a more relaxing way, and maybe you won't have your head in your phone as much for the wife and stuff. Because that's something people need to balance as well. It's that kind of work life <laughs> yeah. balance, even though this isn't work. But it's the same kind of idea. It's like there's boys there who have their head in their phones for they have the wee setup, and they could be on football index four or five hours a day, which is great. But it all. It all just depends on what you're doing with your life and how much time you really have. Yeah. I work abroad a fair bit as well, and I was doing um, one week at home and then one week in Norway for, for two months. And the weeks when I was out there, I was having people text me and, you know, what's, what's Pogba's price today? What's happened? Is he up? Is he down? Is he one MB? Uh, luckily, I never lost big while I was away and not able to react. Um, but, yeah, it definitely gets to a point where you think, oh, I've probably rode my luck here. Uh, it's time to change very good well adapting is a, a very important quality like being able to adapt on football index because a lot of people just sit there and get grumpy that things haven't gone their way a second question was you seem to be mostly foreign based compared to other communities why what are the benefits and he put some brackets there he thinks there's many others need to hear more about the forum can you recommend other people to follow and good threads? So what are your thoughts on the forum, I suppose, is what he's getting at overall? And do you think it's it's something that maybe people should have a bit more of a look at? Definitely. Uh, I'm not a big techie. I never got into all these new apps and, and stuff, so Twitter was foreign to me. But uh, I had forum experience just going back to my football manager days. I'm quite a big post on the SI community. Um, so I know what forums are about. I like the layout. You get a title. You can choose to ignore it or not. And you get genuine conversation in there rather than, and I'm not digging Twitter, like I'm joined now and I quite enjoy it, but it's a different context to what's being said. It's more like statements on Twitter and, and likes and followers rather than on the um, forum, you get some real to and fro conversation. And I think it's just um, much clearer, easier to follow and you get to know people quicker and easier, I think. Uh, you know, a logical argument and it's easier to trace it back as well it's kind of there and people can tag it and next time something happens to Pogba the bump of the thread up uh, yeah I like the forum I joined on the very first day it was quite prominent on the um, football index website uh, so I dove straight in to see what it was about and never looked back really some interesting guys some funny guys and some pretty intelligent guys on there as well yeah, I haven't really used it at all, but one huge benefit I see just straight from the outset is the character limit. Um, I get there isn't maybe the prestige of Twitter and the gathering followers and getting all your likes and that kind of endorphin rush itself, but I suppose maybe it has its own thing with upvoting and stuff, but I think it's a huge benefit in terms of actual constructive conversation, being able to use as many characters as you want, because I find on Twitter quite often points get misconstrued or people can't really portray what they want to say, so they have to cut essential things out that they want to say just to say something, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean by you can have more of a conversation because there's been times when I'm uh, responding to somebody on Twitter and it's like, oh, I've hit my character limit and I just give up because I cannot convey what I want to say in one message. And there's other times where I've tried doing the um, sort of people put one divided by two if I've been two messages or whatever. <laughs> I realise my second post is just to myself. I'm not tagged <laughs> anyone else in it. I just get, get so frustrated that if there's really a, a talking point, you know, if someone just wants to put a statement out there, or gutted, Zeko's gone off injured, or whatever it might be, and people can quickly respond, it's good for that. But 
there's a big talking point, something you really want to have a debate around, like order books. <laughs> Please, someone come on the forum and open up a topic. Don't just put out a statement. Order books would be great. 60 characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's definitely got its advantages in that. And the operating system is quite good. I, I cheekily, when I joined Twitter, I put a picture out. I'd just uh, become the number one on terms of upvotes on the, on the forum. I don't know if that's still the case. I suspect not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... it's at least it's visible so you can kind of get a feel for who it's not uh, there's no proof that you're informative or good at anything but it does give an indication you know so many people like these guys what they say is um have positive yeah. feedback i guess whereas on twitter you can upvote someone or like their post a thousand times but i don't know if that's visible anywhere so you yeah i suppose people's followers is probably what you should go for on twitter but um that's that's a nice feather in the cap for you there over on the forum um, are there people who get majorly downvoted occasionally and what, what sort of behaviour would get you majorly downvoted um, I've never used them uh, I don't think hardly any of us ever use them we have, we have one guy who uh, threw his toys at the pram and so I was just like downvoting everyone until Dan from FI kicked him off the site <laughs> um, I guess people have used it on me if I say something that's overly um, subjective like back in my own player when it's not really factual or something and i think that's fair would there be much pumping on the forum no not really is um it got a bit stickier i think when i joined twitter there was a really interesting conversation i kind of butted into and it was um alan cooper commenting on findex frog just about the morality of you know findex is put some great tips out there and then he gets a reputation for it. And then his next tip, it almost doesn't matter who it is because people are going to buy his. That creates, yeah, exactly. It creates the rise and people say, Oh, he did it again. Uh, you know, he could tweet anybody now and surely that person's going to get a 10 P rise just off of his followers. And then other people notice that like I've noticed it. So should I buy? And it, I just find that whole thing. One of the worst concepts about FI it's nobody's fault. And there's no real solution to it, but uh, and so I, I raised that because that kind of happened on the forum. We we had that forty p thread that someone started, and uh, maybe it was the twenty p one where out of nowhere, you know, it was, maybe I had one lucky hit or one moment of inspiration. But I came up with two or three guys in a very quick period of time that rocketed. Uh, I think Hans Vanneken was the big one. I took, I say I took him, but I created a thread on him and and illustrated how what a past mastery was and if he came to pb league he'd be dominant and it just took off and he went from I don't know, 30p to 70p in a matter of days uh, and somebody jokingly wrote oh i don't care who should i buy next and someone else wrote just follow whatever vespasian says and it it became this thing where in the 20p thread i think i put 15 players up over three days and all of them it was never intended as a pump and dump, but if you buy a math and die for 18p and a day later he's 30p, you're going to sell, right? Because you never anticipated that rise yeah. in that time. You thought 25p in six months and I'd be happy. But to go to 30p in a day, you think this is just silly. And it got to a point where in the end it, I just stopped because you don't want to rep as a pump and dumper and that's not what the forum's about. And basically it doesn't happen, but there are threads where people are more than happy to and, and they're allowed and, and will to do so, comment on who they think is good value. There's usually some good response. And as long as you're willing to take the pros and cons, you know, you can't put a player up there. And if you delete the thread at the first negative comment, then you're just not going to get very far on the forum. You're not going to have 
I say. It's something I really struggle with, man. Like in terms of working it out in my head, it's it's that what you're saying there. Like there's nothing really wrong about it, and there's no real easy fix or nothing that can be just be done. But it's like I do the like trading bear segment, and like the frog was on last week, uh, Findex Frog, and it even but just with trading bear Findex Frog, there was always a prospect player, and this week it was Frog's find. And it's something I really struggle with. I really don't know if it's right or if it's wrong or if it just is. I, I don't know the answer. Like I, Because obviously I record with them. And I'm putting out in the podcast a player. But people, honestly, like a lot of people write to me and say they love that segment. And they love hearing about the risers and fallers and a bit of the reasoning behind it. And they love the prospect player. And a lot of people write and say like they loved trading bears prospect players. And they, they like, they've done really well off them and all this. So people do love it. But I struggle with the kind of like, is it wrong of me if I'm if someone highlights something to me, and I think yeah that actually looks like a good buy that's solid reasoning, and I go and I buy it, and then I put the podcast out. Is that me just pumping it and taking advantage and manipulating the market, or is that me just doing what anyone would do? I I just I really struggle with that. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Um, yeah, I guess the only person that knows is the person doing the the pump one of a better word you know if you're putting someone out there how what's your intention yeah. is it because you think you've someone that's undervalued and you can win dividends or just get some cap up on a goal or you know what's your intention and, and there are some muddy waters sometimes it's a tough one yeah. it is a tough one but we'll move on there uh ddr from the forum asks the pb cycle seems to be coming to an end and money filtering down to the lower end of the market are you surprised at how quickly the trend has changed it was only six weeks ish ago that we had the dividend announcement and then janner 73 added to the question do you think the pb do you think the pb cycle has ended or do you think that pb is still a cycle but traders are looking at the lower end of the market for the next cruise or trent alexander arnold so a much narrower pool of youth players than just youth in general very leading question i know do you follow all that <laughs> yeah i do yeah um so, I mean, I said earlier, as soon as the dividend increase announcement came out, I put money into about 50 of the guys that I considered PB worthy. And to be anything, I know DDR is asking if I'm surprised it's finished. I was surprised how quickly it took off. Um, we actually had a thread on the day uh, talking about Tony Cruz and whether he'd hit a ceiling price. And he was about £3.40 at the time. And I got sick of the to and fro, you know, there's people that bash the top end of the market constantly trying to drive the prices down. And there's people who hold these elite players that pushing it out. So I, I just bought 300 Tony Cruz and I said that there's your ceiling. It's gone. The ceiling doesn't exist anymore. There's a dividend increase. And even more importantly, there was a um, note of a review annually. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean there'll be an increase in June, July or August, whenever they might do it. But it, it puts some credibility that they're at least going to check price rises against dividend yields and all this kind of stuff. I just think there is no ceiling anymore if Tony Cruz wins five-star man before the Euros. Going into the Euros, surely he's going to be another pound or two up. After that, if there is a div increase, you know, this is a... I shouldn't be talking of <laughs> pumping a player, but, you know, this is the best central midfielder in the world at the moment. And if there's a dividend increase after he's just had a good Euros, he's only going to be 30 by turn of summer which for his position and his style is like prime age, he's not old. So, yeah, I don't don't really believe the ceilings there, but I'm surprised at how quickly these guys rocketed after I bought them because he is now £5, or £4.98 at the end of this weekend. 
So do I do I think the cycle's finished? No, not really. I've, I've been warned that November is a quiet month and I've seen a bit of a dip in my port, but I don't necessarily think that's a, the PB trend, so it is uh, finishing. I haven't really seen any other trend take over to suggest the money's gone from one area to another. Um, I just think we it's a bit of a dip and people are maybe overreacting, thinking oh, PB's dead. No, we've had a very generous dividend increase and who knows, we might have another one. I think people are selling Christmas, are selling predicting the winter break drops and come February, everyone, PB player, take their price today, it'll be higher than today in February. So, uh, What was Jana's part of the question um, about people looking for youth? We just had a bit of a tech issue. So we're kind of like starting again fresh right now. So we knew we were talking about Tony Cruz. But if anyone's listening and knows a good way to record audio with someone remotely, please let me know. Fig, I know you're listening. So just give us a just reach out to me there if you can. Uh, give us a nice shout there and, and tell me how you do it. But yeah, we were talking about Cruz. You were thinking he won't reach his ceiling. We were talking about, I suppose, the whole PB trend and is it has it ended, has it not ended? Yeah, we were talking about the PB cycle, and am I surprised it's finished so quickly? Um, and I think I was in, in the midst of saying that, actually, I was surprised how quickly it took off. I bought Tony Cruz six weeks ago when people were talking about how he hit his ceiling, uh, and within you know the six weeks, he'd gone up a pound, well, I don't know, it went up about pound 30, and he's back down 30p. So I'm about a pound up on him. Hang on, talking rubbish, I'm one pound 50 up. So he must have been considerably over that because he dropped 30p or so this week. Anyway, yeah, so I bought him with people thinking he'd hit a ceiling. And I'm saying that the dividend increase was so generous. And this promise that there'll be a review at the end of each season just means that there shouldn't be a ceiling on players with true value. I think Cruz being one of the best central midfielders in the world at the moment, peak age for his position and style of football, probably got another transfer move in him. But not just Tony Cruz, anyone with true value getting good PB scores, um, there is no ceiling. So do I think the cycle's finished? No, I haven't really seen any other trend take over. I think that money's, some of it's come out for November, some of it's come out for IPOs, some of it's predicting the winter break drop. I don't, th I think it's too early to say there's no PB cycle anymore. I don't think we're going to see consistent dips for a consistent period of time. So we're going to come February, be at a much better place than we are today on any true pb player i think there's almost like cycles within cycles and trends within trends it's i think the pb cycle you could say or trend will it'll just be an underlying thing for the next until we catch up on that 50 percent, 57 percent increase i just don't think we have the capital right now or we haven't had the onboarding required to get us to the the place we need to be in regards to players' values. But I think that'll just be an underlying thing that sizzles along while people also go on about transfers and Euros and this and that. I just think PB's a long-term kind of cycle at the minute almost that'll last much longer than you can possibly foresee. Um, at least I hope it does. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I think you touched on it there about um, having the money in the market. Just they hit it. Such a good announcement at such a bad time. Um, when people had already just restructured their portfolios to deal with the MB change. Uh, we had a deposit bonus not long before, or was it just after? I think it had just finished, hadn't it? So it had just finished, yeah. It was into the, month the market. And I think people would probably be a bit annoyed at MB. So it was just bad timing. But yeah, I agree. The money's just not been in there and it should 
especially with the new marketing. The money should go to PB players as new people join, especially going into the later stages of Champions League and Europa. And then we've got the Euros. There's going to be a lot of... I don't know what they're doing with the Euros. Have they said is it going to be silver days or anything? But certainly Champions League, I expect to be gold days in the knockouts and the quarterfinals onward. That's a lot of reward shared between very few players. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've come out and said anything yet. Um, but I'd say they'd, they'll make it maybe from the knockout stages will be gold or something. But the... The group games might be silver. Yeah, I'd expect. I'm not sure. And even if there isn't, it's still talking about uh, during the group stage a couple of what two or three games a day, I suppose. Yeah, it's not too many players, and if uh, you can kind of predict who the two or three of each team are going to be that challenge for PB, so I can't see any anything other than money going in that part of the market. I wonder how much, because you hear people often talking about their buys now, they're looking to tick multiple boxes and one of them is Euro holds. I wonder how much more scope for rise there is in Euro players um, sort of April next year, May next year. I'd say there'll be a lot of money going to them. You could be surprised how, even yeah. though everyone now, like I don't, I think everyone is so aware of it that even now when most of my holds will probably play there, I still don't feel I'm ahead of the curve. But I think we might be surprised the rise is left there. Yeah, I know a few of the guys on the forum sort of started threads about it a bit too early for my liking, but looking back, they've made a good choice. Um, Mick Turbo was a very, very popular writer, spoke about putting into Euros very, I don't know when it would have been, September time, I think he was talking about it, that every purchase he made going forward was going to have to tick that box. And uh, he's probably made a lot of money. I hope he has over the last couple of months. Um, but yeah, you're right. There'll be people joining that long-term trend um, every month from here on in, I hope. And certainly new. if you're a new user in January, it'd be a no-brainer where my money would go as a new person. It would be, oh, look, the Euros are coming out. That's going to be massive. It'll be one of the first places I'd say all that new money goes. Um DDR asked a few questions, and we're going to get another one of them in there. So I'll make it a quick one. The your profile picture is it actually you? If so, what was the fancy dress for? <laughs> I think you don't actually see your own profile picture. I can't remember what I've got, but I'm guessing by the question, it's Captain Spaulding. Um, Captain Spaulding. I've no idea who he is. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, the Devil's Rejects films, Rob Zombie. Doesn't ring any bells with me, but I'm sure it will with some listeners. Very much a cult icon. Um, and he sadly passed away about two days after I changed my profile picture. Mm. So, yeah, I was a big... I love that character. Um, but he's a very good actor as well. Sid Haig. So that's yeah. what it is, so it's not you? Yeah, no, it's not me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> surprised, <laughs> surprised anyone thought that could be me. <laughs> I was looking at it thinking, geez, I hope it isn't yeah. him. I hope if I'm you, not talking to that Google guy. Google image it, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look like a guy that's into football index Janner73 asked another couple of questions Um, he's asked about 6 or 7 thank you so much for all the engagement lads but I'm just not going to get through all your questions Um, I'll just pick a couple we'll go for random numbers number 2 who will the king of the index be the day after the Euro 2020 final just based on what we're talking about it's got to be someone from the Euros but... I'm going to go Jadon Sancho fuck it Jaden I Sancho. said the effort the, uh, my concern with the Euros is pe- people are going to flood the money in pre-match and as each team progresses, the players will be pumped and pumped and pumped. But is there not going to be a monumental crash each team that gets knocked out? 
I suppose Sancho will hold value if there's any transfer rumours at the time, which is bound to be. I think that would be so volatile. So his questions, Jana, by the way, is probably the probably the smartest guy. Him and Westy are two that I really listen to everything they say on the forum. Um, for any new users, come on and ask questions and Jana's going to give you a good answer. Um, so his questions are smart as well. He's put in there the day after the European final. Um because he knows that there will be some sort of crash the day after as money goes back towards just picture the dip in someone like Messi or Neymar while the Euros are going on it's going to be such a good time to buy them that maybe even the day after the Euros they'll rock it so I'm going to go Neymar Neymar yeah I'm thinking um, I just picked Jadon Sancho because I think next summer will be his summer with transfers and all that I think that spec will even heat up in January Um, but I think it'll be a great time during the Euros and even the build-up to it to buy those players who are proving PB holds from outside Europe. It'll just be, it'll be so easy to get people so cheap, and then you know by September they'll they'll like they'll fly off the shelves. <laughs> There'll be really really huge yeah. increases. That's what's so good about the index. There's so many ways to make money that you can. I would suggest get on early in the predictions for the Euros. Um, buy the best players from the best teams if you want to ride that long PB gain otherwise if you want to sit it out and avoid the volatility do exactly what we've just spoken about wait till the tournaments undergo and then look at the guys like eric polgar and savanya that's what i was thinking of the players that are not going to be part of the euros because they're going to hit their their floor price pretty quick around that time and, and then rock it when the season starts again so many cycles cycles within cycles within trends within sentiment it's just very confusing for new users but um you we will get it um i'll pick another one of janner's questions oh this one was second and by seconded by someone so i said i better ask it are crosses scored too highly on the current matrix and do you think we'll see further tweaks ahead of next season uh my answer is going to be a bit brash in that i uh, i spend a lot of time on the index i obsess about the index one thing i don't do is research the data research the rules, research the matrix. I don't know what cross scores other than that we had some arguments on the on the forum lately about it. In fact, when I joined up, I never read the rules. I just bought footballers I knew and realized that was a bad strategy and changed and adapted. Uh, I made my decisions based on watching the ticker, watching the PB scores come in, watching the price rises. Um, so I can see by some of the price rises we had that crosses are, are scored very highly. <laughs> I've got a portfolio full of attacking wingbacks at the moment as well as good central midfielders. So my answer is probably, but I don't really care. And I think people get that vibe from me over the last few days because it's been a big talking point about the matrix is that the biggest thing for me is that we don't have too many changes. It's the one thing stopping me recommend this product to big investors that I know is I don't want to recommend, oh, get into football index, it's dead easy, buy Kimmich because he scores well. And then the next day, crosses and set pieces are devalued and Kimmich's scores go down or he gets made a defend um, a midfielder instead of a defender. I would love to be in a position where if I sets a matrix, sets a dividend structure, sets positions all on the same day in the off season when it's least damaged to our ports and that's it for a year. No matter how much moaning there is about the PB matrix is just take away that the biggest risk to my open bet is that football index will change the rules uh, and that's just crazy and such a barrier to entry and and uh, word of mouth i think yeah i think 
crosses are obviously rewarded very highly and it's not even necessarily the cross itself it's the cross whether it's completed or not scores i don't know if it's three points or four points or something i should definitely know that or should have looked at it but it scores well and they add up when players are putting in 10 crosses a game but then if that cross is connected with i think it gets more if it creates a chance it's even more if it's key pass if there's if it's an assist, do you know, there's so much that can just amplify the score from across. Um, what I think about it is, I think rewarding crosses is fine. And every, whatever the, the PB matrix is, it's going to favor a type of player. There's never going to be a matrix that there isn't someone who excels at that. It's always going to be built for a player. And if this one's built for wingbacks, and we know that, just adapt and just live with it. And if it changes... It it they can't I I hope they don't just change it. I think there's a lot of thought that goes into it, and like they do it as you say, one day a year or something on the off season. I don't think they can just change it willy nilly. I think they'd yeah. probably do it with the dividend um reviews. Uh, yeah, as I say, that's the best time because we there's no games being played, so most of us change our port one way or another to either buy the dips or we switch to MB players transfer targets that kind of thing. So it's the least damaging time to make a change. But you're right, whatever the matrix is, there's going to be a group of players that are very quickly identified and someone will put out a lovely report on Twitter and on the forum saying these are the guys, everyone's going to buy them and they're going to score massively on PB and people will be moaning two weeks later saying, oh, a header's too important, a tackle's too important, whatever we do to try and reduce wingbacks and improve centre-backs is going to have just as bad effect, I think. Yeah, I think one thing they could do with the crosses is maybe negatively reward or negatively affect a, a missed cross or like I think at the minute if you cross the ball it doesn't matter whose head it hits or where it goes if you've crossed it you get points I think it should be maybe attempting it attempting a cross is worth less than it currently is but completing one is worth as much or more because there's people like Trent Alexander-Arnold who just fire crosses in every, like every five minutes <laughs> literally every like five minutes in the game yeah we get to a point yeah, we're going to echo some of the conversations. Sorry to the forum guys, I'm being given a platform to to have my opinion again on this. But what I was saying is if you're watching a game, op, we get an opinion and it's subjective and we're saying that's a good cross, that's a bad cross. But how does Optus that something like when is a cross a good cross or a bad cross? If, if it's um, the opponent touch it first, is that a bad cross? Even if the defender's like desperately stretching for it, has to put it out for a corner. Is that a successful cross or a poor one? Yeah. What if the defender heads it out and there's because they're a packed defence and every second ball's getting mopped up and and it's winning you the game, basically, is that a bad cross? Likewise, is it a good cross if it's twelve yards to the back stick and someone on your team just about hooks it back in play? I think it becomes too subjective. Um yeah. and everyone wants it utopian matrix where you can just sit and watch and say that guy's man of the match and oh and his pb score should be massive when actually another thing i said on the forum is that the best players in the world are the best because they've got intangible assets of mental attributes and someone it's the reading of the game that's why van dyke is so good it's his body position is his uh, leadership and his engagement with the rest of the team it's not a stat on a piece of paper that says he made the most tackles in that match it's uh, and that's how the matrix is always going to be built, is what can opt to provide us statistically. And the game of football doesn't boil down to statistics. It's a lot more than that. How about they make a dividend that is 
all about like being subjective and having like a board of like 40 people who like vote for the player of the month <laughs> or something. Yeah. Do you know something stupid like that? Because otherwise you're just going off stats. But I mean, like people, there are players who are amazing players who probably won't really compete for PB just based on, as you say, those mental attributes, those other things they do for a team. Um, Maybe it'll win them some sort of media, but um, it'd be funny to have a sort of dividend that wasn't purely stats driven and it was more opinion based from some sort of reputable writers or something like that. But that's just something that I thought of on the spot. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I mean, you'd always be open to talks of corruption, I guess. But yeah, if it was a respectable body, um, not linked to any investors or FI, then yeah, that'd be brilliant to maybe one from each country, one in, one from each PB League player of the month. From yeah. Outlets in there. There will be uproar though, wouldn't there, with the collusion and all that. Oh, but anyway, it's a nice idea. Yeah. Um, Eric Alley, who from yeah. what I've gathered is a bit of a nemesis of yours, is is the vibe I get. Um, but maybe like in a friendly way. It's it's all it's all tongue in cheek. We we yeah. get on quite well. We we tweet each other message here and there with uh, some shared ideas. Uh, we, we I try and say that the forum is the best place to be objective. So whilst I you know I get on with some of the posters and and. and chat to them outside of the forum if they say something stupid i'll call them on it if i say something stupid they'll call me on it and with eric i agree with 50 percent of his purchases and disagree with the rest <laughs> so we like to hash it out big style but as long as it's all constructive and your friends yeah, that's a great thing exactly do you feel the high prices of recent ipos are driving a good percentage of similar looking players in the index up in direct comparison and do you think this is an intentional strategy from football index um I don't think it is at the moment. I think people are too smart. If someone someone was to pump a 20p player just likening to an IPO who's a pound, then people will quickly point out there's no risk because it's the IPO at a pound and he's 103, whereas your guy IPO'd at 3p and he's 20p. I think there's still that argument while it's fresh in people's minds, but six months from now or any new users between now and then, they're going to look at those prices and it'll definitely have the effect that Eric's talking about. Um do I think if I've done it intentionally for that purpose? Uh, no idea. I'd be I'd be guessing. I think for them it's more of a risk management. How many divs is this guy going to pay out? Because going forwards, they're trying to increase dividends, aren't they? So it's better for them if everyone's base price is higher. It's widely accepted. Now this bit I have a notion about, so please enlighten me and everyone listening. It is widely accepted that the mechanism delta in brackets to move the share price up or down a penny was 900 across the board there now seems to be discrepancies in the delta for different price ranges why do you think football index have adjusted these yeah so uh, i talked earlier that before the recent dividend change i had thousands of shares in every player that i owned uh, and i'm frequently testing um I'm always testing the market, whether it's buying an IPO just to see how quickly I get his value and then how quickly I can sell. It's just test, test, test the market. because You can't really trust your own decisions if you don't know how it's going to play out. Um, and through doing this, I, I found out that the delta had changed. So after the split, one of the first things I did was check, is it going to be 300 shares, 600, 900 shares to move a penny? And across the board, it was 900 shares. Uh, a few of us had emailed account managers just to get a, a vibe. Is this fixed in stone because the weight of money as people get back to high prices is going to be incredible it's just going to kill the market you know before the split 100 shares in a 20 pound player moved him a penny Can you imagine if it's 900 shares when a player is 20 quid it's just not going to happen 
Uh, so we we asked them, and they kind of said there's um, there's buckets players fit into, and the delta will change over time. But it never did. I was like really skeptical. They're just saying that it's 900 shares. I've proved it, and that happened for months constantly. It's just 900 shares, <laughs> and suddenly uh, it just changed. Uh, and it was actually while I was losing money on Pogba, I was like, Jesus, this is going quick. I'm watching the ticker, and I'm not seeing these these sales. I'm seeing sort of 300 here, and he's gone down. So I waited till. 2 a.m. and I tested my thousand and it dropped in 2p. I, I did, you know, change the variables and I figured it was exactly 600 shares to change poker a penny. Tried Neymar and a few others in that price bracket and it was exactly 600. Uh, Eric's a bit similar to me. He holds high, he stacks high, so he had thousands of shares to test with as well. And um, yeah, we we found out the bucket that each price bracket went into broadly. Uh, and even since then, it's changed again. So, yeah, there's a hell of a lot going on behind the scenes and FI changing mechanisms left, right, and center, which uh, it's, wow, it's just not necessarily a good or bad thing with the delta changing. Um, it's the cynic. It's pretty. Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, it's pretty like mind blown almost. Like, I haven't heard any rumblings of that on Twitter yet, or I haven't heard about that. And I'd say a lot of the listeners maybe haven't. Um, and have you talked to FI about this or had anything said in stone or did you look at the rules of the T's and C's? Is there anything else you have on it that means that? Yeah, so we've, we've spoken to FI about it and uh, they're non-committal. Again, it was more of a broad stroke. Yeah, the, the deltas can change. Um, and that was about what we were getting from them. As I say, it's not a hugely negative thing. I guess the surprise for me is always that this concept that a player can't drop below his IPO price. And in my mind, I can't work out how they're going to manage it. That it took, let's say it was day zero and 900p, 900 shares put Pogba to up a penny. And then the next day, 600 shares withdraws him. What happens when those next 300 are sold? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of mind boggling how the mechanics work now that they're so much money put players up, but less money will bring them down or vice versa, depending on the player. If someone was in a big dip at the time, they'd uh, change the delta. Um, they rose rapidly, but it's it's more about testing the market just so you can't judge the, the changes, but you can act on them. Yeah. So, for instance, if one player, if I've got two players very similar and I'm going to invest in one and one's 99p and one's a pound, I'm going to go on the pound player because it's going to take less money for him to get to one pound day one because it'll only be 600 shares, whereas the 99p guy is going to take 900 um, and you could see that effect, I believe, in, in someone like Emil Forsberg recently. For a long time, he'd been ATP-ish, and then going into every international window, there'd be so many people buying Forsberg shares, but he'd only ever get to 95, 96p before people thought, oh, he's not really going up, and then sell again, and he drops back down. As soon as he broke the pound, he rocketed, because there was nothing holding him back. It was 600 shares, and he's up and up and up, and it creates the FOMO. It's people thinking, oh, I need to buy this guy before he's pounds kind of thing yeah and that's for me is a good indication of what the delta's done that those people in the low one to 150 range are probably seeing a lot more of a rise than they probably would have done if it was still 900 shares uh sounds obvious but just from a psychological point of view this uh the rise the rapid rise they're seeing but it's 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 strange yeah. to say that because i've said multiple times in passing without this knowledge or knowing about this i've said loads of times in the podcast 
I've referenced buying players in that kind of 95p to 1.10 sweet spot or like that 90p to a pound sweet spot because I always feel those big risers in the squad list, they, they don't seem to come from 30p and they don't seem to come from 50p. But they seem to always come from that kind of poundish mark. They'll rocket up to 20, 125 very quickly. And I, yeah. that was me just, I just thought, oh, geez, I wonder what that is. Maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a psychology thing about breaking the pound. I don't know. Um, but maybe there's a bit more to it. There'll be more. That. Just in that, you know, I've got um, a player I've mentioned a couple of times on Twitter. I'm not going to put him out because it would be a pump. Is uh, He's around 40, 40p at the time I bought him, maybe a bit lower. And uh, the reason he's 40p is not many people know him. Uh, he's not going to have 900 shares being bought every day to push him up to a pound. It's going to take a huge PB score or a goal uh, something like that to really kick his price on, which is, that's fine. That's why I bought him because I believe he will do that. Um, so there are some players that are just never going to get that 20p rise um, from 30p unless they do something big because the better players are already well known and the price is already up near a pound. Um, so that's part of it. But yeah, definitely if you keep an eye on someone who's 90p compared to someone who's a pound, the, the rate at which they rise is... Um, it's it's different, um. That's actually speaking of those types of players. And Ianacho went up from like forty p to sixty p today, and I'm raging because occasionally I go down and look around the lower end of the market and have a sconce and see who I like and who has the potential to score a goal or two in a game and go up and I bought him. And then this was before the this was around just before the dividend announcement, so a couple of maybe eight weeks ago, two months ago. And then obviously the whole PB thing is like, nah, get out of all those types of players, get rid of them, just give me PB players, but today he did it he did exactly what i hoped he would do but it shows that the rises are there if you pick those players out like yeah that's those rises are funny aren't they he's not gonna not suddenly gonna be a first team player is he no not at all but he's up this is all he was good at a city was coming on for 10 minutes and scoring a goal as soon as he got some starts here realize he's a bit of a donkey i thought if I, the reason i was kind of thinking about him was if already got injured which he will at some stage in the season you'd imagine for even a game or two he may have got a chance, but but anyway, enough on him. Uh, I'll rattle through another couple of quick ones, and then we we'll ask one maybe final question. Um, these two are very quick because I think we've already answered them. But just to give the people a shout out, Greg O'Locky says, "What's your what are uh, Mike's real views of Eric Alley? You've already answered that. <laughs> yeah, we've already covered that. Fi, yeah, Fi Jack says, "Are Fi making a mistake by announcing announcements?" such as the recent Mystery 12 rocket emojis, all it seems to do is stagnate the market as no one wants to invest heavily when you've been told the rules are about to change in an unknown way. Would a few days' notice be best? I kind of touched on that already, saying that that's the one bit about this kind of announcement that got to me. Maybe it's the, the necessity for it. I get they want to hype it up and all, but it does stagnate the market. But then again, whatever but, you do, people are going to yeah. be pissed off. It's kind of... Well, all in it, if it was me, I didn't take any money out for this announcement. I'm kind of balls deep into this PB strategy, I, and I didn't want to sell to, to buy because it just doesn't make sense when you've gone long term. So I was watching it, but let's say I sold and put 5K in my account waiting for the uh, announcement. Even based on this announcement, my 5K would have gone straight back in, so I don't get this whole negativity about a few days stagnation. Yeah. If, the, if, you believe, if you genuinely believe people are holding a cash balance, that's a good thing. Because that money's going back in at some point, unless he he's thinking that the announcement was not good enough and people have withdrawn that money. But I just think FI is not that product. We all put 
the money back in. No one takes <laughs> Everyone it. threatens and everyone throws the toys out of the pram and Twitter's then. Yeah, I'm going to take 20k <laughs> out and then two days later they're putting 30 back exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it never worries me. I, don't, I think the announcements are fine. If they just do it, you've got no chance to plan for it. Whereas I liked... And maybe you've got one of the questions about IPAs. I used to love IPAs. They tell me it's at two o'clock. I go for a toilet break at two o'clock until that player comes out or I book my meetings or I don't go to a client site that day so that I'm at my laptop or on my phone when that IPA comes out. They took that away and made it an all day thing. And it's like, ah, this is just bonkers. There's no way I'm ever going to sit all day watching for this. I know some people did, but it's just waste. IPAs are nothing to me now. And I think... You can say the same thing for the announcements. Yeah. It's just like, I'd rather have time. I'd rather be told three days in advance, we will announce something soon um, so I can keep an eye out for it. Whereas if it just comes out and you've got no idea it's out because you're at work or something and you come home and you've missed the boat, I don't know. It gives some people a chance, doesn't it? I get what you're saying. It's kind of either way, people are going to be annoyed. I just think it's one of those. Um, if you just announce it, people will be like, "No notice of this announcement. This is majorly changed. This changes my bet." And da da da. And then if you do announce it, people are annoyed because it stagnates the market for a day or five. Um, yeah, I think they just have to announce it. Is the kind of conclude? I didn't really know how I felt about it coming into the podcast here, but I think where I'm at now, I just I empathize with them. I think they just have to announce it, and it's going to annoy some people. But yeah. um, we'll see. Anything I'd like a more precise. Back to the IPA thing. I know so many people are happy that they took the times away because uh, I guess because people were logging in and it caused the market to crash or whatever and they think it's fair and it's just drop and whenever. But personally, I'd much prefer them to say on the 1st of December at midday there will be an announcement because I can then make sure I'm available for it. So I can react because things happen so quickly on the index. It was quite uh, unexpected for me anyway when they brought back the kind of time slot allocated IPOs there a week or two ago made a lot of money off them which i was over the moon with because i love that type of ipo in terms of me selfishly making money i don't think it's the best way i don't think it's the right way but from a selfish point of view i can make money doing that i'm a shift worker i'm probably going to be off and i'm happy to put an hour or two in do you know um yeah i don't see it being sustainable going forward but what i think was good about it is that it didn't crash even though they did it whereas the previous time they did it, it was much more glitchy at least mine didn't i'm sure some people had trouble but um. Yeah, it, I I liked it. I wonder what the mass opinion is. If we could guarantee the technology was good, would people go back to wanting a time slot or not? You see, I think time slots, as unfair as some people say they are, I think what goes around comes around. And if that was the way it was done, and the times were a little bit different each week, or if it was the same time every week, if people really wanted a player and or really want to make money, you can make time. You can get time. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you are. If you know two months in advance or a month in advance that a player will be released in a Friday a month from now, you can be there, do you know? And I mean, yeah, it can be tough and life goes on, but there's sick days in work, there's annual leave, there's, oh, I'm on holiday. There's a million things that can get in the way, but what goes around comes around, in my opinion. Um, I think a bit of notice about it, knowing in advance, most people can make sure they're there if they really want to be there. And maybe it does like maybe it does benefit some more than others but that's life do you know um you're not going to yeah. keep everyone happy now i know there's probably i do think there's a better way for it to be done i have no idea what that is i don't know i can't even speculate what that is 
but whenever they tell me there's going to be one released between 12 and 2 I'm over the moon because every time that's happened and I've been on the platform I'd be a bunny from a selfish standpoint you know yeah exactly that's probably why I'm so opinionated that it should be that way is I made so much money while taking a crap at work. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure some of them thought I was sick because there was times where the IPO would drop at like, it would be 10 to 12 and it wouldn't drop to 11.45 and I've been in the toilet the whole time. Or, <laughs> but yeah. that's how it is. That's like you say, if you want that player, you're going to get there if you know what time it's coming. We'll close on one last one and there are a load of people's questions we didn't get to. I'm sorry and thank you so much for posting them. I've just had to randomly pick some. Um, last one, just to quickly finish off. Dr. Duba from Twitter wanted to know who, in your opinion, is the most underpriced player in the index and why. There's a chance to pump <laughs> so, your 40p player. Yeah, so I can pump that player, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, do I want to? Um, I've already mentioned him on Twitter, so I'll put the name out there. It's Eduardo Lowen. Or Eduard Lowen, sorry. Um, he's 20, 22. He was in the under-21s. He's represented Germany across most of the youth categories for Hertha Berlin he just recently broke into the team the reason I'm comfortable putting him out there now is he's actually lost a bit of value this week because they've changed manager Klinsman's in there Klinsman's gone with a different formation different lineup and Lowen wasn't even on the bench yesterday um googled it as hints that he's got an illness so basically keep an eye on that team sheet if Lowen does get back in he's great value 40p for a German international young take set pieces Gotta be undervalued. I'm not looking at the whole how many players are on there, thousands. You might find yeah. one more undervalued than that. But he's my pick at the moment. He's my cheapest player in my port. There's Vespian Shout. Vespian Vespasian. Vespasian Shout. I was gonna I was trying to kinda of come up with some sort of alliteration type of thing, you know, like the frog's fine. Vespasian's there's just nothing there for me. Nah. No. It's just not gonna work. Vespasian's vote. Yeah, vote. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but look, I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we're probably around an hour and a half at the minute. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about or cover or say? Or do you want to give any shout outs to your fans? You know, oh, I don't think I've got any fans, but I give a shout out to the forum in general. Just anyone who's on Twitter has got a name. Come and have a chat. Post a thread. Uh, I think Kay Brown put a good piece of statistical analysis on there. I won't read it, mate. I don't do stats, but I saw the reception for it. it was great. Um. When I joined Twitter, it was because I wanted a reaction to the Delta thing. And as you say, no one was talking about it. Uh, so I did. I, I gave, was it EJ or PB man? Sorry, guys. One of you I had a quick chat with. <laughs> Come on the forum and have a talk about it. If you've got any strong opinions, uh, new users, give the forum a go because there's so much good advice. There we go. And they can find you on Twitter at Vespasian or on the forum at the same. Uh, I think I'm FI Emperor. Yeah. If I underscore Emperor. You are, you are. And you've got a picture of a statue. You'll see him tagged anyway in the, the podcast when it goes out. But other than that, I think we could probably wrap it up, Mike. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, John. Good. All right, look, thanks for your time.